So my father grew up in the state of New York and went to Rensselaer RPI College in Troy, New York. He was a civil engineer, and he had a roommate that lived in Tacoma. So he came out here and kind of fell in love with the Northwest. This was the middle of the Depression. So he came to Seattle and and worked uh, as a manager of some gas stations, and actually he was the assistant director of the locks here in Seattle. In 1937, William Webb Moffat, my great-grandfather, installed the first automotive rope tow on Mount Rainier, quickly followed by the tows at Mount Baker and Snoqualmie Pass. And one day he was um, reading the, the New York Times, and uh, he found this article about someone in, in uh, New York had uh, had in, invented what they called the endless rope. It was what what we know as a rope tow to haul you up the mountain for skiing. So my dad, you know, being a civil engineer, he went up to Mount Rainier, and boy, there someone. This was 1935, 36, a long time ago. For all of you there, it would be your great grandparents' uh, era, and. So someone was there, and so then he went to Snoqualmie Pass, and lo and behold, uh, that same group was at Snoqualmie Pass. In the plan was in motion, with his degree in civil engineering in the breathtaking mountains of the Pacific Northwest, nothing could stop him. With what was at first just the single rope tow made from the engine out of his car turned into a full-on business. So they opened operation in the 37-38 season, and... There, my father used to tell me there was no snow in 37, so it was actually open in January of 38 at, at Snoqualmie. My mom ran the business end of the, of the uh, business and did all the PR and all the marketing, and uh, she ran the gift shop, did all the purchasing for that. And my dad, he was content to just to work on the outside with the rope toes and keep those going and building chairlifts and and doing that part of the business. So it was a family business, and I have an older brother. My brother and I worked there from age 10 or 12 to 18 when we went off to, both of us went to school in California. With eight rope toes in use, Webb offered free ski lessons to all the ticket holders and organized the first ski patrol in the Northwest. He also introduced the concept of night skiing to the United States which was and is currently the largest in the U.S., and engineered and built the first snow grooming equipment. With all of Webb's contributions, by the early 1950s, he had built the second largest ski area in the country. Eventually, the time came in 1980 when Webb passed down the family business to my grandpa, Dave Moffat, to run the two resorts along with his wife, Susan Moffat, and my mom, Kathy, and her brother, Steve. In 1980, when I came back, we bought uh, ski acres, now called Central, and that was a huge, uh, in retrospect, a, a great investment because they had some steeper hills and uh, Snoqualmie was more of a teaching area and not, not that challenging. So I actually, the first few years when uh, I ran it and my parents were still alive, I would spend uh, more time at uh, Ski Acres. And then we bought uh, Alpenthal in 84, so that was four years after Ski Acres. And you know, that made uh, a lot better for someone to buy us because we had both the teaching areas and a steep area like uh, Alpenthal with International and all these uh, 
great steeper slopes. My first memory is coming up when I was like five years old and sitting with my grandmother, Gigi, selling tickets and working at the gift shop. And then when we moved here, um, when I was 10, I would work in mostly in the gift shop at Ski Acres. Um, and my mom and, and dad would leave my little brother and I there together to sell hats and goggles and gloves. The now four ski resorts, Snoqualmie Summit, Ski Acres, Alpental, and Hayak, were soon to be renamed shortly after the family business was sold in 1997 to a man named George Gillette, the former owner of Vale and founder of Booth Creek Ski Holdings. He then created the names of the infamous ski resorts we know and love today, Summit West, Summit Central, Summit East, and Alpental. Well, when he sold it, they retained me for three years to to do some corporate stuff. The company that bought us was called Booth Creek. They owned about seven what we call day areas. And a day area is one that there's very little overnight facilities. And I helped them with all all of their eight areas, on the mainly on the uh, human resource uh, uh, area. When our family was approached about selling the business, I cried. It was a very mixed emotions for us because we had just always been the Moffat family, the family that owned the ski resort, and then that identity was going to be changed. And I always thought that I would work there. I thought I would be the marketing director and or the president or something. I thought I'd work there in the family business. And I learned so much being in the family business that it was sad to me that that was gone. But then I was happy because it gave so much joy um, and I knew it was going into good hands. Um, and I know that we would still be connected to the ski industry. Years later, in October of 2015, Dave co-founded the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum, along with Dolly and Hugh Armstrong, to continue the legacy on the same mountains where it all started. Not only was the creation of Snoqualmie Pass a turning point in the history of Washington State skiing, it is also a part of me. And me. And me. In the legacy my family has left behind, which has and will continue to impact skiing for the rest of time. This has been Elise McDonald on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge.